Alrighty, everybody, we are back and we have another special guest. Her name is Sarah Gunther and she is the owner of Peanut Pottery. Um, she just opened her own studio, so if you guys haven't seen, go check it out on her Instagram at Peanut Pottery LLC. Uh -huh. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but we're super excited to have her here on the podcast today and welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's fun. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Sorry, we're having her speak into the mic because that's just the joys of having a podcast gotta get up real close yep gotta get the mic in the mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you're um watching the video these beautiful mugs were made by hers and let's have a little cheers cheers, cheers. they are so beautiful oh my goodness it's gonna be like my favorite new like little coffee Thank you. Yeah. And they're I, easy to take care of. You just put them in the microwave. I mean, the dishwasher. <laughs> I mean, you can put them in the microwave easy, but you just throw them in the dishwasher and then they're good to go. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the microwave would kill bacteria too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to clean it, you just put it in the microwave now. Well, because surprisingly, a lot of um, mugs, like ceramic, can't go in the microwave or the mm -hmm. oven or the dishwasher. And people don't really realize that. And so then they'll put it in the dishwasher and it'll ruin it. Yeah. Oh. Well, good to know. Yeah. These are fancy. Also, we have um, a second special guest today. Uh, we've got Sarah's beautiful doggy, Malcolm. Um, he's a beautiful Great Dane. So if you hear him, he wants to be involved. And you'll see him in the videos. But he's very cute. He, he looks wait. like a little horse. He's a big old baby, so that's why he cries so much. Oh. He just has a lot to say, don't you? He's like, here I am. I am here. No, baby. He heard us talking about him. Yeah. Okay, lay down. Come on, lay down. Good boy. Okay, well, just kind of start off. So how do you feel now that you opened your own business? Your store is now open. How is that all going? It, the, honestly, to start off with, it was really, really stressful because I had it all planned out. And then I had a big hiccup with the electricity. So we didn't have the electricity for a whole week and that really put me back because I was, I had everything planned out like the Wi-Fi, the kiln being um, moved in, the window being cut. And so then it all had to be like put on hold. And then all those companies were like, oh, well now I'm two weeks booked up and you know, I can't come for another two weeks. So it's like really definitely put me behind, but it's taught me a lot about like perseverance and just like pushing through and making sure that even though these things happen, that like it, it can't bring me down and and stop my um, productivity. Yeah. So it's been a lot. It's been a big journey, like for the past three years, because that's when I got my LLC, my business license. So it's been a lot of like um, trial errors, you know, like yeah, trial runs to figure out like what works <clears throat> and what doesn't. Yeah. So it's been stressful, but it's been a blast. Yeah. It's crazy. I I think that's like the pros and cons of owning a business is like nothing ever goes the way that you anticipate it and it's just you have to be super flexible and open-minded to everything mm -hmm. because there's always going to be something that deters from the path that you saw so yeah and I also learned that like accepting help is a huge thing because I I'm always thinking that I can do it on my own you know but then moving heavy stuff it's like okay I need someone and then doing the electricity like I can't do it you know so I need help from others which is a learning curve personally for me because I always want to do it myself but that's not how the world even works so yeah it's better to have help 
No, for sure. I feel like, especially with like Natalie and me, where I feel like we just like never accept help. I feel like if yeah. you are like a very like go getter, mm-hmm. it's hard to accept help because you're like, no, I'm gonna do it on my own. Yes. I'm gonna do it all by myself, and I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's so important to be willing to people that have gone through it just accept the help and learn from other people's mistakes and stuff like that from business aspects yeah and also learning when to say no yeah I feel like it's such a huge thing that's been hard for me because kind of similar to what you said like I'm like oh no I can do it all I can take on all the clients I can do whatever Mm -hmm. I can do it all and it's like no like you you don't want to spread too thin like you need to learn when to say no and that's been like a hard thing in addition to like asking mm-hmm. for help or yeah and knowing like <clears throat> when your cup is overfilled you know you can't just like pour all of these things into your cup and then not even be able to drink it I guess you know what yeah. I mean like it's a bad analogy but it's you know no, you have to sense. take it time by time and learn when to say no mm-hmm. it's hard when mm-hmm. I first started I was doing uh, custom orders yeah. and I just took on too many custom orders and then I got backed up and then people were expecting their pieces at a certain time, which is, you know, understandable. But um, since I got too behind, it became like an issue, you know. And so I yeah. had to learn to say like, I'm only taking customers from <clears throat> from this time, and they're only going to be like a certain type of piece that I can make for you, you know, because yeah. I want to like please everyone, but not everyone can be pleased, even if I'm like going a hundred percent. So. I have to learn like even if I put my all into it <clears throat> that it might not be exactly what what someone else had expected yeah so learning learning that little curve was draining you know because it's like I want to have people see the business as as like me really trying my hardest but um you know having the learning curves it's like well, you guys are learning with me, you know, like we're all in this together. I just started, you just became a new client. Like, yes, we're all learning to take this as, as it comes and be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, for sure. And then you also have to realize like, it's just you and your business. Usually people that have like big companies, you have a bunch of different people delegated to specific tasks and you're everything, you're your own social media manager and you make the product you paint the product you ship the product you know so you're everything all in one small business and you have to set those boundaries for yourself yes and and like that's the hard part too also is making sure that I do fulfill all of those aspects because if I if it was up to me I would just make mugs all day long but that's not the business you know you gotta you gotta do everything which it's okay you're fine. He's like, Mom, you're not talking about how I help you at the business. You're not giving me credit. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, I go to work with you. I help. I'm the best employee. He's a big I get no recognition. He gets all the recognition. <laughs> you're fine. That was, that was cute. You're fine. He's like, I don't have a mic right now. I'm kind of over this. You might need to go potty. Can you go potty? We can take a quick break yeah. and let you go can potty. Just let him go out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's okay. It's a big baby. <laughs> you have to like scoot yourself. In. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. the only issue with having him with me like twenty four seven is he's got oh, he's got separation anxiety. You know? Yeah. And it's like that's on me for taking him literally everywhere, but 
he's my best friend, so yeah. I, I can't not. Yeah, <laughs> he's so cute. I love him. Maybe you just need to get him a buddy. Yeah, we were thinking about it, and once we get out of our apartment, we, mm-hmm. we probably will. But Yeah, especially because he's so big, it's hard to, you feel bad because it's, they have confined space and they're so big and you want them to have that space to go. Yeah. But yeah, having two would be hard. Yeah. Yes. Are and you guys looking to buy a house? Yeah. Probably in the next year. Nice. But just the market is so yeah, bad. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible. It's horrible. And the interest rates are just... Yeah, like, Gary and I have been trying to buy a house since I came back from Africa in, like, when was that? What? 2022? When are we in? What month? What month? Where are we? What's my name? Um, Or, like, 2021, maybe. I don't even know. That's been years, and we just, like, gave up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the rent we pay for our house now is, I think it's, like, Mm 1000 Or it was 900 and it recently just went up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were looking at all sorts of houses that were of equal quality or less, mm-hmm. and it was, like, twice the payment. And yeah. we're like, okay, well, we can't do that. Or we would find houses that would work, but we'd, like, get outbid or mm-hmm. whatever. And so we bought land, mm-hmm. and we're going to build. Nice. Um, and we were supposed to be building, but then Garrett's truck broke down on our honeymoon, and we had to buy a new truck. So then our building got pushed back. <laughs> So it's just been a fun series of the universe doesn't want us to have a house, but yeah, and it's just like one thing after another. You know, you plan it all out, and then it's just one thing can yeah. set it off in the motion. So yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's hard to plan it around this. You know, these times because mm-hmm. everything is changing so quickly, so it's hard to plan. And everything is so expensive. So expensive. and rising like yes. so fast, and I feel bad about like rising my prices, but it's like. Everything else is rising, you know? Like, I can't survive if I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. You can't feel bad. And then, like, it's so silly because if, if, like, Gucci can say that theirs is this price, then, like, and people pay it, you know? It's just the name. That's just, I just think that's silly. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. For sure. And then it's, it's quality stuff because all of that stuff. I think I was watching, a, I was, like, stalking your Instagram the other day. <laughs> And I was watching one of your reels, and it was like, we live in a society of mass production, and like nothing is kind of that sentimental factor anymore, where it's like you're putting your heart and soul, and like every single shape of the pottery that you make is like made from your hands, you know, and I feel like that's so beautiful, whereas Mm -hmm. like with people that are like corporate companies or mass production, it's just a machine making it and it's just to make money. It's just to make money. It's literally just to make money. Not because they have like a passion about it or they want to like teach other people or like let people see what what they can do. It's just about to make money. You know, it's about the biggest check that they can get. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's the world we live in right now. And I feel like if everyone switched their mindset to the other way, like the whole world would be very different. Yeah, I feel like we would live as a community and everybody would be helping each other out and like trading stuff and just working as a community as a whole rather than I feel like everything is just so mind on the money Mm -hmm. and greedy and it's just not about the people, you know? The hustle culture has like really shifted things because like we have to work from like seven to seven just to get a, an average paycheck you know mm-hmm. what I mean and it's like other countries they work four or five hours a day not oh, yeah. 10 to 12 like we do so it's kind of dumb that we have shifted this hustle culture into our mindset yeah 
And unfortunately, if we don't have that mentality of hustle culture, you won't really make it. Yeah. You know, and no. I saw a video of this girl who was like, I uh, moved into my studio because I couldn't even pay like to be where I was living. It's like she's living in a tiny little studio just to make it. You yeah. know, and there's people out here living in mansions that spend 40k on a purse. You know, and it's like that's someone's whole year's worth of wage. Like, mm-hmm. It makes me so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I just, ugh. If mm-hmm. people were less greedy, the whole world would be a simpler, better place. Or yeah, if we sure. also just set, like, work boundaries and was like, yes. no, I'm not going to be worked into yes. the ground. Like, when I was living in Africa, you know, my first week at my internship, I, like, went to my supervisor and stuff, and she gave me an assignment to do whatever. And so I go and I do it, and, like, I think I finished it in, like, three or four hours. And, you know, being an American and a part of that hustle culture, I was like, I can't rest until this <laughs> this task is done. I can't right. pee. I can't take a lunch break. Like, I've got to impress them until my very first day. And so, like, after four hours or something, I go and I give her, like, the completed assignment. And she looks at me and she's like, what's this? And I was like, it's the task you gave me. I'm ready for my next one. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, this was your assignment for the week. And I was like what and she's like you damn american she's like you guys just work 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 she's like you have lunch today yeah i was all no she's like she's like do you have lunch with you i'm like yeah i brought some she's like okay she's like go sit outside at our garden Mm -hmm. and eat your lunch enjoy the sunshine and then come back in and i'll find something for you to do and i was just like oh Oh, god (laughs) and it was yeah it was just i was like wow i've never i've never had that before which is silly after how many years of working and that's the first time that you've experienced that mm-hmm. yeah I love so. that change of mindset too because I feel like if we did have that mindset where it was like we listened to we kind of just took it slow there would be a lot less disease and a lot less sickness and a mm-hmm. lot less overall stress in people's lives that's just a big stressor because we're always wanting to go I need to complete a task I need to get to the next thing sorry no Malcolm no no I'm sorry. No, it doesn't sound It's okay. Big old baby. <laughs> well, getting back to you, um, why don't you tell us about, like, where did your passion come for pottery and what kind of inspired you to start your business? Uh, I, so I used to, when I was like eight years old, I used to play with the little Play Doh, you know, and mm-hmm. I made little figurines and mugs even. And I have the, like, my, my very first mug made out of Play Doh. And my parents even fired it in the oven so I could. Aww keep it forever you know I love that and so I guess I've always been like a real tactile person to always have something in my hand and that's how I kind of learn also is through working with it not Mm -hmm. just like reading it or listening to it so I guess I've always been like a hands-on person and then I took a class in high school and then just uh, fell in love with it and my teacher allowed me to take uh, her wheel home over the summer so I just got like decent at it over that summer and then um, I loved it so much that I got my minor in it. So I actually have seven years of schooling for it, which oh. people are always kind of surprised because a lot of people just do it like, um, you know, they'll pick it up and be self-taught. But um, I'm actually glad that I did so many years of schooling because I learned a lot more than I would have just um, being self-taught, you know, because yeah. when you are self-taught, you usually focus on the things that you want to learn about. But then in school, you're forced to learn about things that you wouldn't have ever even thought of. So, so it really like widened, widened my um, variety and my perspective about art in general. 
Um, and then I never even thought that I was going to have any type of business at all. I was going to be an um, art therapist. I don't know if you guys have heard yeah, of that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. Usually when I say that, people are like, what's that? No, yeah. But, um, so I wanted to be an art therapist. So I went to Phoenix to get my master's at, um, in March of 2020, which was the hit of COVID. Mm-hmm. So COVID had just started and we had that little two-week break. So I was like, I guess I'll um, go back home for two weeks just like relax you know and then my two jobs called me up and they were like "Mm, we're gonna keep our old people that like have been here for years and like I understand like I've only been there for two weeks so then I moved back home which was unfortunate you know because I was only in Phoenix for two weeks which was stupid uh so I came back and then made pottery and then I don't know, I was just selling a bunch and people like were asking for the custom orders so I got my LLC and that way I could like do <clears throat> a website and get a, um, <laughs> good boy, uh, that way I could get a website and a business um, bank account, mm-hmm. that way like if anything happens they won't uh, take my personal account stuff, which you know, I wouldn't have ever thought of that until the yeah. accountant was like, mm, you should get a separate bank yeah. account. I was like, okay. So, um, I don't know. And then I, I never expected to, uh, I never expected to do classes. I never really wanted to like teach people cause I'm sometimes impatient, but this guy has really taught me to be patient and like yeah. relax. Um, and I think with how many different teachers I've had, like it would kind of, flow easily mm-hmm. for me so I I don't know I I always wanted to have like a big business um, with art therapy involved I just didn't never picture myself being like a production potter you know so I think that I'm gonna um, I don't know if I'll go back to school I don't know if I'll have to but I do want to incorporate art therapy into my business at some point yeah, yeah. I think that's beautiful, especially coming from like a physical therapy perspective mm-hmm. and knowing that with physical therapy, it's not just one aspect. It's really like I want to treat in a holistic manner. And like that could even be a referral for me is like go get some art therapy, yes. you know, and I yeah. think even coming from like an occupational therapist perspective and the fine motor skills that it takes to make therapy and just the beneficial mental aspects of art therapy, I, I think that would be really successful yeah and it's just now starting to get like a little bit of traction art therapy like it wasn't even really a thing up until like maybe 10 15 years ago because um psychology has always been like such a big stigma in itself so then like art therapy you know they'll think that it's just like la-di-da bs things but there's actually a lot of research behind it and, and the benefits of engaging in art in your daily daily life yeah even just doing like the sudoku or drawing drawing a little doodle in your notebook just like 10 minutes before a test will actually help you test a lot better Mm -hmm. so it's has a lot of benefits that people don't really realize Mm -hmm. yeah i make my clients whenever they're like having really stressful days or they're just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. i make them do what's called plan positives Mm -hmm. um where you know they look at their schedule and they make time to do something that brings them joy a lot of the times it is art related things Mm -hmm. and you know they schedule it in and it's a task that they have to like show up for themselves and do it get them out of their routine yeah and you know whenever i'm explaining to them i like gabby actually took me to art attack 
a while ago and I loved it so much yeah. <laughs> and so like now whenever I'm stressed out I'm like I need to go paint some things I need yeah. to go paint some pots and <laughs> cups and stuff and or you know just like I, I downloaded Bro, uh, Procreate in my iPad too so whenever mm. I'm stressed out I'll just like doodle yeah and just draw stuff because it's like you said it's it helps with of that mental aspect and just releasing some of those emotions it totally yeah. releases like everything that you're stressed about because it kind of distracts you in such a small way that like you don't feel the pressure of like what you are thinking about but you do think enough about it to like figure out what is needed to like fix the situation or what you need to do next yeah you know? so like it just a little bit of art every day will go a long way yeah and I feel like it's really hard for people to articulate their emotions sometimes <laughs> I know Malcolm it's really hard to articulate your emotions and so I feel like art can act as that medium for people to like kind of express themselves mm -hmm. and express what they're thinking express what they're feeling and I feel like it's such like a sacred mm -hmm. practice that people can it'll just help with overall mental health yeah, and it doesn't even matter which medium you use. Like, a lot of people really enjoy music as their medium, which mm -hmm. totally yeah. makes sense because it has, like, the actual lyrics that we want to say but don't really have the words to say it. But then, like, doing other mediums, it kind of allows you to, like, it allows you to, like, see what you weren't even thinking about, you know? Because once you just let your hands work, it just comes out, you know, and it just produces something that you wouldn't have even thought of. Yeah. What is like the most valuable lesson one of your pottery teachers or mm -hmm. even just teachers in general, general have taught you? Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's one teacher that taught me something specific. I'd say that pottery itself taught mm -hmm. me to let go and not hold on to um, material items. Because like when you're making things, it can break in an instant you know and you can spend hours days weeks on one piece and then just something will happen something will happen in a kiln something that you don't have any control over and the piece is broken you know and so you you'll feel devastated at first but then like after a few years and after a few times of messing up and having to let go of the pieces that you loved it really like teaches you that these things are just material items and they're gonna break and they're gonna be gone and, or missing or stolen or, and you know, and you just gotta let it go. It's not gonna affect your daily life that much. Like it really shouldn't. You shouldn't yeah. allow it to affect your emotions that much because that's life. You know, things are gonna happen, shit happens. Like you have to be ready to roll with the punches. So that's, I think that's what it's taught me is to, to relax and let go. Yeah, I love that. I feel like in life we hold on to things so much and we put so much value on external things rather yes. than knowing what actually matters, mm -hmm. you know? It's like really like the people in your life and like mm -hmm. those lessons and things. It's really like material things shouldn't hold as much value as we put on them. Yeah, and I feel like we're just so quick to react to things instead of responding to them. And yeah. so if you just take a second to assess like, why is this making me upset? Like, is it actually worth this, you know, energy? Is it just like a, re a, a, a reaction that, you know, isn't necessarily how I actually feel or? Warranted. Yeah. It wasn't needed. And then you'll like look back at like an hour later or a day later and be like, why did I act like that? Like, mm -hmm. I feel dumb for doing that. So it's definitely taught me that to just forgive yourself if like you've messed up because it happens. 
you know. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot, what you said. Like, I feel people don't stop and think about what they're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, like, very reactive, but that's just an important lesson. I, Malcolm is done. Malcolm just walked out of the room. Goodbye. You guys are not paying attention to me. You guys are not paying attention to my emotions. And I'm done. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go play with Harley's boys. Bye. So as far as your business, where I know you talked about like art therapy and that's kind of the vision that you see it going, but like what else do you want? What is another like vision that you see for your business? So I have this idea that I, that I, Sorry. No, it's kind of just pick it up, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't want to mess this up. No, you can just. There you go. Welcome yeah. um, back. I, I have an idea for like the business that I want, but it's it's kind of big and like I am intimidated, you know, and I want to plan it out perfectly. But um, you guys know sawmill. Yeah. And so I want it to be similar but art based. So like there'd be one side of the building would be creative thank you baby um no you're fine go lay down uh one side of the building will be creative so like a bunch of different uh rooms of mediums so like one room would be ceramic another painting another music you know um and then the other side will be <laughs> could be uh, the other side will be destruction so like you can make a piece of pottery put all your emotions into it and then go and destroy it and that'll be kind of like an art therapy session that. in itself yeah and then I also wanted to add a um, like a wine and beer station so that like you could do wine and paint nights you could do um, like if the kid is doing art therapy the, the parents could go and sip on some wine yeah or um, it, it would just be like a big art inclusive place for people to just come and, and pick whichever medium they want to focus on yeah. or learn try and then and then I think that the rage room along with art like it would just kind of release a lot of built-up emotions and yeah that would be nice I yeah. think that is like an amazing idea I got like I got chills while you were saying that like that's gonna be a great a great business it's really gonna take off and I haven't really seen like other people do that you know mm -hmm. I haven't seen that anywhere else so I feel like it would be um, something fun for people to do on like just a day-to-day -day thing you know like if we're bored just go to the go to the little shop and yeah. make something yeah and even having that aspect of drinking wine or just going having a drink yeah and then being around art is like a, just a therapeutic and nice place for people to go it you is. can even make like a little place where people can do work and just sit down and mm -hmm. be on the computer yeah and, and be like, around that yeah even on your computer you could just it's it's just the atmosphere because I swear that like once you're engaged in any type of art it just like calms you down like I have not met a mean potter I swear that like since we're just always immersed in mud you know yeah. like, there's no troubles like you yeah. know you just get to relax and play just in mud. mud all day yeah so I just I don't know I've not I have met mean um artists but you know that's just because we're all struggling you know we yeah. all have things that happen during the day that makes us seem mean but i i think just being immersed in art we can all just like find a way to connect like that and it brings us all together as like a community mm -hmm. yeah so that's I my business that. plan it's i don't know when it's gonna happen but I'm gonna make it happen it'll happen yeah it'll well. be really cool especially i really like the like the breaking part. yeah 
Yes. <laughs> like, the same thing, like, with my clients and stuff, and they're, like, super stressed out. You know, I encourage them to go to, like, the rage room, yeah. you know, but I know the rage room can be kind of expensive, so then I, I give them what I used to do in college when mm-hmm. I'd be really stressed out. I'd go to, like, Walmart and get, like, just really cheap glass plates, yeah. put them in giant Ziploc baggies, mm-hmm. and then just, like, slam the shit out of them and yeah. break them and do that, and I learned the hard way that, you know, it's less of a mess to clean up and less of an environmental hazard if you put it in a bag, yeah. so then it just stays contained, so yeah. it's, like... That would be a great one because, like you said, you can actually, like, draw out or write out what's, you know, causing those types of emotions on mm-hmm. the pottery and then just smash it. Well, and I actually, so I got the idea because in my, um, when I was in college, we had to do a performance art piece. Mm-hmm. And so mine was, I was going through, uh, my dad had just passed away, so <clears throat> I was trying to do a performance art to, like, um, to like how do I say that yeah a performance art like to do memory yeah 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 it's like oh I know what you're trying to say I don't know the word now it's like um yeah I know what you're trying to say I don't I can't think of the word anyways so so I I, um got a piece of pottery and filled it with blue chalk because he had colon cancer and that's the color for colon cancer and so I filled it up and enclosed it and then wrote his name and birthday and death date on there and then put a piece of paper with all the colon cancer statistics and then threw the ball at the paper and the paper fell and all the blue like exploded everywhere and so it was kind of a cool like performance piece but it actually made me feel like really good yeah Yeah. and so then like a like two weeks later I had all my girlfriends come over and we made our own and then went into the backyard and like threw it and it was a fun little like girls night and we got to talk about our emotions and say like what is on our hearts and then we just destroyed it and like let it go you know I love that I want to do that now I'm like let's go throw stuff at things (laughs) let's do it and like writing our emotions on the pottery like it was nice because we got to actually write it down Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to share it if we didn't want to and then I don't know something about like destroying it just like releases something inside of you you just get to see it be destroyed and be like let go you know mm-hmm. so it's really relieving yeah yes. it's like that visual aspect like you actually get to see your emotions mm-hmm. be obliterated yeah and destroyed and be like well it, it was destroyed so why hold on to it well and it's obliterated by your own hand mm-hmm. you know it's not obliterated by someone else coming in and destroying your emotions it's it's when you decide to i'm done with these emotions i'm ready to throw them at the wall like Mm-hmm. done with it yeah it's very symbolic of just allowing yourself to let that emotion go mm-hmm. and allow yourself to be at peace with whatever it is yeah you know yeah. um I know you've talked about it a little bit on your Instagram but how did your dad kind of motivate you to start your business and what was his inspiration in that so he actually introduced me to the pottery my first pottery teacher and he's like mm-hmm. you're gonna love her so much and I did she became my second mom but um, he was always like coming into my class when I was throwing and be like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Like, oh my goodness, was hyping me up when they were all shit pieces, let's be honest. You know, like, but he was always like, I, I couldn't do that. You know, I could not do that. And then I taught him how to make a pot one time on the wheel and it was, it was a lot of fun. So he was really like supportive of me being in, in pottery itself, I think, because he saw me playing with the Play-Doh so much. And he's like, oh, you'll be good at this. And then yeah. I think with him being so supportive in it, I was like, yeah, maybe I should do this. Mm-hmm. And then um, he helped me build my studio at, at our house. 
Um, he allowed me to put a 240 volt into the back room, which was stupidly $1,500 at the time. And I just did another one at the studio and it was almost $500. So I don't, oh I don't understand why they, I think they raked him over, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, he was totally cool with that. And he um, helped me buy my first wheel and he helped me buy my first kiln, which was 22 years old. Aww. It was very, it was a very old kiln. Um, and he used to call me Peanut, so that's how I got Peanut Pottery. And yeah. I, I got his um, uh, handwriting Aww. written, so that was nice. And I got my mom's as well um, for Lioness, because that's Aww. how I see her. Yeah. That's how I want to be Aww. as well. But um, yeah, I, I just know that like if he were here, he would be at the studio like probably every day. Hyping helping, you up. Yeah, not only hyping me up, but being like, maybe this should go here, or you could do this, or, you know, just giving in new ideas, or, like, <clears throat> the amount of people that he knew and, like, touched their lives, I'm sure he would have brought them into the studio as well, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. They still do come in and are like, oh, I knew your dad, you know, like, yeah. your husband, and, and being like, he was such an amazing man, it's like, yeah, you only knew him at school, all right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't know him. You didn't know him. <laughs> What was his middle name? Exactly. <laughs> what was his favorite color? Yeah, you don't know. It's my head. No, but he did. He helped me a lot with building the studio, and that helped my confidence. Yeah. In it. So. And I feel like that's so precious because when it is so precious to you, and it's someone like your dad, who is like such an important role in your life, and he motivated you to do that, like. The business is going to grow because you'll, you're always going to have that memory and mm -hmm. it's always going to have that representation of all of those memories from the mm -hmm. past you know yeah so i think that's beautiful i love that thanks i think people see it in like my work too they see that the passion is there mm -hmm. so i think that's yeah what, what will help set me above other potters because i see that they do like a lot of molds which is totally fine you know everyone is different but i think that that'll kind of help people be like we have other buy one of these than like yeah. one of those mm -hmm. yeah or or I can see why there was so much like passion into it because now I know the story behind it mm -hmm. exactly and then also looking at your progression I feel like when you first started pottery and looking at your pottery now seeing how much you've improved and mm -hmm. grown like that's such an amazing yeah. thing to see which I wish he could see but I know he does but I just wish he, I could like hear what he were to say you know because yeah he always said the best things, and it always made me feel so warm inside. Yeah. So. No, I love that. But he, I do, like, hear his words through other people, like, complete strangers. They'll say things that I know is, like, something that he would say. And it's like, all right, maybe I should listen. You know, yeah. I feel like there's always those symbolic moments that happen when people have passed, and then there's something, like, just a sign that mm -hmm. you, like, something like say it's a butterfly and he loved butterflies and mm -hmm. you'll see something in a moment that like you're missing him you know like there's yeah. always signs and he'll always be here he is yeah. so proud of you and mm -hmm. he's hyping you up right now I know I like you go on that podcast yeah <laughs> honestly probably Ugh, crazy yeah miss that guy yeah yeah well I mean I personally am a big believer in like or, or find a lot of comfort and believe in like that energy is not created nor destroyed, that it's transferred. And mm -hmm. so like when we pass, you know, whether we go up or down or stay or whatever happens, I do believe that like the energy in us goes to something else. Mm -hmm. And so like maybe, you know, his energy is just transferring into like, that's not, I was gonna say people, <laughs> that kind of sounds funny, but like, you know, like the people who, when you do hear the things that he says, or maybe mm -hmm. he is in your art or, 
you know, things like that. And, like, for me, that helps me get through death of just thinking, like, instead of what happens after, like, well, you know, their energy or their soul essentially couldn't just go, like, it couldn't just disappear, you know, because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not created or destroyed, it just yeah. transfers. Yeah, and I feel like you can see that and feel it mm-hmm. in, like, everything that you do, as long as you are open to seeing it and feeling it. Like, because I feel like it's always around, but people are like, I don't feel it. And it's like, well, are you allowing yourself to feel it? Yeah. Are you allowing yourself to hear these messages and think that maybe that is from my loved one that passed? Mm-hmm. Or are you just hearing it and being like, oh, well, I wish I would have heard them say it. You know, it's like, well, you are hearing them say it. It's just through someone else. Exactly. And I think when you look at your life and certain even conversations and people that you met in retrospect and in certain seasons of your life, like you see those lessons of, oh, that person came into my life because of X or, oh, this person said that because of whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? So there's there's always a lesson. I'm a big believer in that. Like, I believe that I'm in this moment for a specific reason. Like, mm-hmm. I am spiritual and I feel like everything does happen for a reason and has a lesson to it. So yeah. I think, like you said, if you're open to those experiences and those sim- symbols, mm-hmm. then you'll you'll see it. And you'll feel a lot better about it, because then, then death won't be so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, And it won't sure. be such a, a negative thing, because mm-hmm. it's, it's really not. You know, it's, it's actually a beautiful thing that we all go through, you mm-hmm. know? So we need to start to look at it as a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel know. like it's just scary because of, like, the unknown. But, like, how you said, when you kind of, you know, welcome it and realize that it's something, it's something that connects all of us. You know, mm-hmm. we all share it. We all go through it at some point, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and when you kind of look at it in that aspect or, um, you know, kind of like maybe it's just the end of this life and the beginning of a new one or whatever, you know, it, yeah. it can be a very comforting and, and beautiful thing. Yeah. And I feel like when you acknowledge that there is going to be a, an end, like I feel like it allows you to really appreciate other aspects in your life and appreciate the people and memories in your life you know and where you are in the moment Mm -hmm. like you'll stop thinking about where the future is taking you or where you were in the past Mm -hmm. because like it doesn't affect that it shouldn't affect where you are in the moment like when you do just like sit back and take it minute by minute it becomes a, a a less stressful thing because that stress is not in that moment it's in the past and you keep on thinking about it or it's in the future that hasn't come yet mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like how is stressing about it even helping that one minute that you're in mm-hmm. you know so just taking it slowly yeah, yeah. i think that's helps. really well said and like a really good example because you know a lot of times as you said our stress isn't actually about what we're dealing with right in that moment like mm-hmm. what happened to us at work today or what do we have to get done tomorrow in anticipation it's yeah you know just being I feel like we live in a time that we're so distracted and that we're so go 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 and that it's so hard to actually just enjoy and be grateful for the present that you're in and you know actually like taking in the surroundings yes. taking in how you know the weather feels mm-hmm. how your body feels you know and just being present being mindful being grounded like it's it's so hard to do that you know yes. like what we were talking about earlier we just live in such like a fast-paced world where it's just like go 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 and it's hard to just give yourself permission to be okay with being where you are in the moment especially when you see everyone else 
being so mm-hmm. much further ahead. And it's like, yeah. they're really not even that much further ahead. It's just we all portray a certain lifestyle on social media, you know? And so it's exactly. like, it's not even exactly where they are. They're probably exactly where you are. And they're probably thinking the same thing that you I are. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just all, we need to take a better look at like what, what we are doing and not what other people are doing. Cause we all started a different start line. You know, yeah. so it's like you didn't even start at the same line as them. You're not going to finish at the same time as them. You're not going to be at the same half mile as them. Like, it's yeah. it's very different. And we, yeah. we all compare our stories to the next person. And, and that's so funny because we all do it. Like, we're all thinking about what other people are thinking about us. Yeah. But yeah. it's like no one is doing that. You know, like, I'm not sitting over here being like, what's that person across the street doing? Yeah. You know, but, but like when I walk out of the car, the person is like, are they looking at me in my house? You know, and that, that's what I do. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are they looking at me? But they're not. Like, they're yeah. not even, and at the gym, the same thing. I get people who are like, how do you go to the gym and not like care about what people are thinking about you? And it's like, they're so wrapped up in what they are doing, what they look like. Like, they don't even look at you like that. Like, yeah. Sorry to say it, you're not yeah. that important. Yeah, like, no, sorry, sorry to say. But once yeah. you like start to feel like I'm just like everyone else, I'm not like less or more, then it becomes more of a community and yes. less of like, I gotta be this and I gotta be that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not there yet. And it's like, oh, that's okay. Like, you're not supposed to be. I yeah. guess that's all right. I'm like, where did that even come from? Like, I've seen so many things on social media and stuff where it's like, by the age of 30, you yeah. should have, like, three children and a house and, a, like, a fucking GMC Yukon and, like, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah. who came up with that timeline? Like, I remember, that's something that, not that timeline specifically, but, like, with, like, my business, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I should be further along or, like, I should be whatever. And I'm like, why? Why, why do I, like, I've literally been running it for, I think, like, five months like why exactly why do I think that I should have like this you know like be so far along or like have all the things figured out or all the stuff or like I even remember when like because I graduated a year and say I was about to say a year behind everybody I graduated a year later yeah like I was a five-year college person Mm -hmm. and so like when my friends graduated at four years like of course I was super happy for them but at the same time I was like why am I so behind like what is going on and then I was like no, Natalie, like, you're behind because you couldn't make up your mind about what you wanted to do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are so many different, like, situations and obstacles that come along yeah. that it's like, how were you to plan for that? Like, how were you to know that this was going to happen? And since you didn't, maybe give yourself a little bit of of a break that, that it, you couldn't have planned for this. So, mm-hmm. so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it always comes back to, like, living with intention mm-hmm. and live with your purpose rather than looking at other people's journey and comparing yourself to that because then you're just going to get lost and lose yourself if you're always looking at someone else's journey because you're not supposed to be a part of that journey Mm -hmm. you have your own purpose your own journey and your own path so just focus on that and be happy for other people when they get to their top and you're going to get to your top and there's room for everybody at the top or (laughs) the middle wherever you are like I feel like people define the top or success differently and like you just have to accept that and know that define your own success rather than looking at someone else's success and thinking that that has to be you you Mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense yeah no totally Mm -hmm. and I think like not putting value in what you accomplish like you're already valuable regardless of what you accomplish like Mm -hmm. you you should see yourself as a very valuable 
valuable person just because you're here and breathing. Like you contribute to society, so you're a valuable person. Not because you put out a hundred mugs a day or because you get a hundred clients in the day. Like it's just, it's not. We put so much value on on what we can accomplish rather than like who we are as a person or how we talk to others, how we treat others. Like it's too focused on what we accomplish yeah like what we do rather than what we are yes or what we say how we treat people it's it's all about our job title or Mm -hmm. our body fat or you know our clothes that we're wearing and it's just yeah the value has been shifted to a, a material thing rather than like a personal thing like what you what your character says about you yeah exactly going back to like knowing your body fat percentage and stuff, how people put so much emphasis and value towards that. What has your mindset changed? Because I know that we competed together and we were in that same mindset of, oh, I have to be a certain body fat percentage and look a certain way on stage. And how has your aspect and your mindset around health changed since competing? Well, like with the show, you are forced to have four people judge you. You know, and it's it's four people who four to six who are saying who is the best looking. You know, so it's it's all about like these people's biased opinions, and it's like I just because these people want us to have the X factor, I totally get that because we're joining the show and we this is what we signed up for. But like, I guess after the show, I realized that that is not even the. The shape that I wanted you know it's not even the shape that I am striving for and I had to like lose a lot of my um, leg muscle to do the show which was like okay why am I bringing myself down just for these few people to judge me you know and yeah. so it was kind of like a I had to remind myself that I'm the one in the body like I have to make my body fit for what I see as as a good healthy body and not what these people who I've never even met before or care about, you know, like, so it definitely, I had to relearn what I want as my body to look like. Yeah, it totally changes your mindset because you are in this mindset for months of, oh, I have to meet this certain look that the judges Mm -hmm. are looking for rather than like what you said, you had to cut down your legs and I'm sure you loved your legs and how much muscle you've grown. It took me forever to build them. Exactly. Forever. Mm-hmm. And then we have to fit a specific model of what they think is number one. And then it just it messes with your psychology because you get that release of dopamine on the stage and everybody's cheering for you and everybody yeah. thinks like, oh, this is the this is the model of health when in reality we're dehydrated and we're in the back and we yeah. haven't eaten any carbs in a week. It's just stressed as hell. <laughs> Yeah. Shaking. I was. I uh, remember. I gave someone a hug, and they're like, "You're shaking." And I was like, "I am." I can't even tell. Like I'm so dehydrated. I can't even think. I'm so dehydrated. Yeah, literally, it's so bad. It's, and then people are like, "Well, I want to stay at five percent body fat like for a year." And it's like, do you realize how impossible that is? Like, go ahead and try. Go ahead and try and see how stressful it's going to be, and how much you're going to. Your mindset on food is going to completely change for the worse. Like yeah. It's, it's not good. And I don't think people see that. It's not yeah. worth it. People don't see that in the process because you become what you constantly do. So I feel like when people do that, they're like, oh, I just need to do it for this certain body percentage and then I'll go back to normal. Yeah. But it doesn't because you're 
teaching your brain and your body that you need to be in that percentage and this food is what you need to do and this food is bad. So right. it's naturally teaching your body just bad habits and a bad relationship with food. Yeah, I remember my second show, my aunt and grandma flew out to Vegas to come watch and they're so cute. They didn't really know like what it was, but they were in for a show. Yeah. Um, but they, my aunt, she was like, oh, what did she ask me? She was like, why, she's like, why do you do this? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, why do you like let these people judge you? And I got so defensive and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I, like, I signed up for this, like, mm -hmm. well, and, and same thing, like, my dad had asked a few times, too, they're like, well, why do you want to, like, why do you want to do this? And in my mind, I was like, because I want to see how mentally tough I am, yeah. you know, and I want to, like, right. see how lean I can get and whatever. And so it's funny, like, looking back at, like, 2018 version of me who was going through that, and I'm like, why did, like, why? Why did I care so much about that? Like, why did I let... And once again, it could honestly come down to, like, just the psychology part of it. You know, I wasn't in a very good mental health place when I did my first show. And then, like, a few months later, I did my second one. So I would also say I wasn't in a good mental health. And, like, outside of fitness, like, just my mental health in general was not very good. And so I wonder if, like, in an attempt to make myself feel better, I decided to do that because of the validation of people being like, right. like I didn't feel wanted I didn't feel good about myself I had all these issues that I probably should have like art therapy for instead mm -hmm. yeah but instead I was like no I'll just starve myself and like yeah. go and, hit the gym for three yeah, hours yeah go hit the gym yeah. for three hours and just like let these strangers validate me so that I felt better about myself and you know I do think bodybuilding competitions like I do think they can be done in a way that is definitely a lot healthier than like what me and Gabby I'm not really sure like what your prep really entailed but you know like I think if you have the right mindset going into the competition and really take some time exploring why you're doing it why it's important to you why you want to look that way all that stuff mm -hmm. um and really like sitting with yourself and giving yourself like permission to be that vulnerable with yourself so that you go into prep with a good mindset and kind of just an understanding of like these are my intentions with it, this is what I expect to get out of it, this is what I'm hoping for, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you do have the money, because that's a big thing, you do have the money and the oh, time to, you know, actually follow through with your program or like be in a time and space where you're not super stressed out. Like when Gabby and I did our first show together, we were both going to school full time. I was working full time, so like trying to fit the gym in. Yeah. I, it would be at like fucking three in the morning. Yeah. And that's not, you know, like there's some people who I follow on social media who are like pro bodybuilders. Like that's what they do for their job. Right. And so in that aspect, like their it's life has kind of revolved around it. They've built up the habits to like sustain that stuff and to, you know, go into it in a more healthier aspect rather than like us at like 18 with like very little money to her name yeah. very little time and a fucked up mindset being like oh let's go get super lean and like there's this one specific video I was actually going through my pictures the other day and um I came across this one video and it's like probably a week out from either my first or second competition I don't remember but like I'm doing like a body check mm -hmm. type of thing and 
I like literally like I have no waist and I'm so skinny. I mean, I'm lean, but I'm so skinny. And I remember with that video that I took it and my intention with that body check was to put it on social media and like rub in people's face and like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm skinny. I'm so healthy. And I remember looking at that and I was just like, I can't post this. I am so fat. Like I have like my little like part of my belly that like my uterus sits behind that's right. a little bigger than like you know it's normal but I was like I was like oh my little I call it my kangaroo pouch I was like oh my little kangaroo pouch is sticking out I was like I can't post this people will think that I'm not taking my prep seriously if my coach sees this he like won't give me a cheat meal the next day like I look horrible and I remember that like certain aspects so clearly whenever I see that picture like I remember how badly that video that I took messed me up mm-hmm. when I saw it and now I look back at it I was like oh my god I was so skinny like what what was I thinking what was wrong right. with me yeah. you know and now I'm like I don't think I want to be that skinny ever again like mm-hmm. I'm tired of doing things to make me smaller and not better and not better smaller and rather than better that's the best way to put it yeah it's like oh, smaller why why like let's take up space yeah especially as women like we're so taught to not take up space and to be smaller and quieter and it's like that's not even who I am like yeah I want to be a thicker Italian girl who's a little (laughs) bit loud you know like give me my space exactly that should be a sticker yeah (laughs) you should make that on a pot yeah I want to be a thicker Italian girl give me my space Damn it. I love that. And that brings it back to the validation, you know, because it's like, I'm valid because I'm thin. You should be valid because you're healthy, you know? Like, are you healthy? Is your poop schedule right? Like, you know, like, if it's not, like, you should know that you're not on track, you're not healthy, and that's really where your validation should come in because health is wealth, and, like, we a lot of the time take for granted the things that we can do on a daily basis that a lot of people cannot do just because of their health and like taking it for granted is I really have come to realize is health is wealth and we have to accept where we are and like be appreciative of what we do have going for us because it could be a lot worse and like people always say well you shouldn't say it could be a lot worse because then it invalidates what you're feeling but I think it kind of helps you put into perspective what you actually do have and like Mm -hmm. we forget a lot of the time what we have and what we have worked for and like to take appreciation for what we have worked for and then like the things that we we get because we worked for them we're we're less satisfied because we don't get the same validation as as we do like by posting it on social media and stuff like that so yeah just like you know kind of what you mentioned a little earlier is like social media is just a highlight reel mm-hmm. like I do it everyone does everyone does. like I everyone. post the good parts of yes. things I strategically plan good things like yeah. so yeah. it's like you can't like comparison is the theft of happiness mm-hmm. because you know kind of going back to what we were talking about and what you just said like we look for validation in so many places where it actually doesn't matter like I, why does the random you know person who follows me on Instagram why do I need them to think that I look good or that I'm doing whatever you know like we give we give out value so freely to things that it doesn't matter when it comes to ourselves we just shit on ourselves like we're just like oh well I'm not that great like I'll be happier if I'm skinnier and it's like why or I'll be why happier if think? I get more likes on this post yeah and yeah, it's like, be, yeah these people see the post for a minute and then they scroll on like it's it's not 
and and yet we as the poster are looking at the post every five minutes to like, see did more people did yeah see it? Did viewing the insides blah, blah, blah. the yeah. insides yes who has sent it who's commenting like yeah. and we waste our time doing that like i will waste a whole hour just like scrolling through and it's like what did i even accomplish like that's something that I'm trying to be a lot more mindful about because I feel like I waste so much valuable time even just hanging around people and I'm on my phone mm -hmm. or I'm outside and I'm on my phone and it's like right. a beautiful day, you know, I just want to be more mindful about living in the present moment and not being so consumed by Instagram and what people are saying and what people are mm -hmm. posting because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day at all. At yeah. the end of the day, it's, it's all the same. Like, it's not changing anything. Yeah, I think it's a good tool, and I think that social media could be a positive thing, but it's also you have to have that awareness so it doesn't consume you. And yes. so it doesn't, you have to be aware enough to know which posts are triggering to those negative thoughts to, like, mute stuff or unfollow right. things. Block because them. Block them. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with muting or blocking or unfollowing yes. because the stuff that you constantly see on a daily basis is going to be what you feed your mind, mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to think. Yeah. So just being mindful about that. Yeah. Well, like social media, I mean, it's an instant dopamine release in our brain. So it's like we've got instant dopamine at the palm of our at the, our fucking thumb. Like we yeah. can just scroll and be like, oh, I'm so happy. Oh, look at this dog, huh? The palm of our thumb. Yes, yeah. the palm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and it's just crazy and you know like how she said she's trying to be more mindful I'm also I feel like I personally have a difficult time balancing you know because all of my marketing for myself as a business is all through Instagram right and so like I you know I guess unfortunately I've noticed that like you know I as you can probably see like that's literally my calendar of like my schedule posting for Instagram of what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it yeah. and like I definitely have had, I've definitely seen the reward of doing it consistently, like the mm -hmm. clients are more like coming in more frequently, like the forms are being filled in, like all that stuff, so it's like just making sure that when I am on social media, you know, it is for work related things, it is for like marketing, it is for communicating with, you know, potential clients, things like that, and then being very strict about like okay like let's not scroll for an hour and waste time or like I've had I've recently started developing like a habit of I wake up and because I'm overwhelmed with what I have to do for the day already I try and distract myself by like just scrolling on my phone and the next thing I know like I woke up like two hours before my first meeting so I could like read and go for a walk and cook myself breakfast and like do all these healthy things for me okay. and then I'm like well, I'll just lay in bed and scroll and so I'm trying to get out of that and it's going pretty well. I essentially swapped an app for an app. <laughs> I brought, I downloaded like this little brain game that's supposed to like train yep. your brain and like yes. get you motivated and whatever. So I, I did that and so in the morning now, I'll do like my scheduled training and then I'll be like, okay, you're done, get up. And then I try not to look at social media until I have to post whatever for mm -hmm. the day. And then I'll look at social media. And something that does help is like, I just keep all of my phone notifications off. Mm. Yeah, all the time. The smart. only one that I keep on is my WhatsApp because that's how I communicate with my clients. But mm. besides that, like during my working hours, like my text is turned off, my phone is turned off, my Instagram. I keep Instagram turned off all the time. Nice. So I'm really bad at like responding to people and like looking at stuff. But whatever, and that helps a lot. It's mm -hmm. just keeping keeping my phone off, and it'll be funny. Like sometimes when I'm actually busy during the day or like not work related stuff, I'll go like. 14 plus hours without being on Instagram and stuff and I'm like wow 
I got so much done today or whatever, or like I'll intentionally leave my phone in different rooms mm-hmm. so that it's not with me. So like, you know, if Garen and I are hanging out, I'll leave my phone in my office or in the kitchen so that I don't feel the need to just like grab it and be like, hmm, let's see, you know, right. or, or whatever. Or like I keep my phone face down so that if I do get a notification, I don't reach for it. It's right. just like, you know, the people who matter are gonna be with me. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that like scrolling on Instagram is like terribly bad and you know I mean you have to stop scrolling in order for your life to be better but it's like just stop comparing yourself to these highlight reels you know to these posts that are very clearly the best night in the week for them you know like be happy for these people that you see because you chose to follow them for a reason so, so So choose to be happy for them and what they are accomplishing as well, but just like, oh, that is such a big stretch. (laughs) I know, I know, you're fine. Is your friend home? What's going on? Where's your girlfriend? Okay. (laughs) A butt butt mute. (laughs) He's leaning on me. I know, you're fine. Well, you're fine. We'll be home soon. Yo, we've been out all day long, Mom. Yeah. Um, but just like, because scrolling on is fine, but just like wasting hours upon hours when you know that you have better things to do, like maybe just don't be so harsh on yourself about it, but just realize that this is, yeah, Malcolm, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Here, you need to say something? It's going to be loud. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. I love, like, I want an Irish wolfhound. Ooh. So bad. It's a lot of fur. Yes. They have like long fur. Yeah. Well, I, lo- I love like scruffy dogs, mm-hmm. like terriers and all that stuff. I just, oh. he's, he looks super, he is, I mean, he is super soft, but he looks very soft too. Yeah. It's because we gave him a bath once a week. No. Because we let him on the bed, so I'm like, I want a stinky dog on my oh, bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Like, Gary and I literally bought a king size bed so that Harley mm-hmm. would have more space in Yes. <laughs> and people are like, you let him on the bed? And it's like, I can, yeah. I can wash sheets, okay? He's got yeah. a short lifespan. Yeah. All right. Exactly. If my dog likes couches and beds, she's gonna lay on couches and beds. This yeah. is her life. I'm just a servant for her. Like, we're just living in her world. Okay? Exactly. Like, like it's, and it's fine. Like it's just a couch. It's just a sheet. Like yeah. Wash it. You know, this is their life. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they have an accident, they have an accident. Like humans have accidents. Like, right. <laughs> I'd much rather. I'd much rather a dog accident than a human accident. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, being downtown, there's accidents. Yeah, dude. Like, I used to live off of Second and Silver, oh. and it, I mean, I like I always felt safe, mm-hmm. but I did talk to the cops a lot. Like they yeah. come knocking my door and be like, "Hey, have you seen your neighbor?" And I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, I'm not a snitch. Yeah, I don't yeah. Die. <laughs> and thankfully, the the police station is right across the street from me, so oh, like good. even the homeless people who do walk around, they're chill with the cops, which means that they're not like nuisances and they're not gonna yeah. like hurt me or anything. But it does have a smell, yes. you know, and it's like, did you just poop right in front of my store? Like, did, did that just happen, you know? But I do have yeah. a little HOA, and he comes in and cleans it off. But I'm like, I feel That's bad good. for that guy. I should like, put, like, the little, like, doggy bags right next to it and, like, make a sign that says, if you are a human and you shit, clean it up. Like, just I don't care. Well, I mean, I would care, but, like, you know, just, care a little if, bit. You're gonna, if you're going to shit, like, at least, like, you just fucking pick it up, man. At least. Yeah. Like, you see, Come this on. is a whole business center. Like, I know you're not that messed up. You yeah. know what I mean? I know you're not that drugged out right now to realize yeah. that you're pooping in the road. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, pick it up. Come on. 
<sighs> yeah, it's a, little, it's a little much. It seems like Malcolm wants to get home, but we have one more question for you. Um, what does embodying your health mean to you? Being the best, healthiest version that I have been. You know, like, because for me personally, I always struggled with food consumption. Like, I used to be anorexic when I was in elementary school. There was one time in fifth grade that I went two days with only eating an apple. And so it really, like, when I was growing up, I had a really hard time with um, taking in food because I always thought that I was going to gain weight and become a lot bigger than I wanted to be and all these girls in the magazine are a size zero and I'm not you know so I can't eat and then it really shifted my my mindset when I got older to well I always have to do an ab check and if I eat something I got to do an ab check like did I get bigger after that one slice of pizza you know so I think embodying your health for me means listening to what your body actually needs like listening to what your body specifically is going through and not what you want it to go through, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was beautiful. I love that. Malcolm, Malcolm said, yes, that and was beautiful. So What's going on? Is your face itchy? Is your face itchy? What's Aww. going on? I didn't think it's itchy. You got allergies too, huh? Did you guys know that? The dogs get allergies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my sister, like, pit bulls are notorious for having skin problems. Oh, like, yeah. My sister's pit bull has really bad allergies. Thankfully, we just got skin cancer, but uh, Harley does. Aww. That's, that's, that's how I deal with things. <laughs> when did you find that out? Um, four, three, three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's been, I mean, it's been rough. I think she's had about 18 or 20 tumors removed in the three years oh, and baby. like she like I don't know if you noticed the bumps on her those are her tumors currently and like after her most recent surgery that I think was like two years ago we were just like you know we can't keep sedating her because she does full like general anesthesia mm -hmm. for it and with the type of skin cancer she has it has a lot of cancer cells in the surrounding environment and so like with some of her cancer um or tumors you know we we take them to the vet just to see like if they're bugging her, we'll see about removing it. And like she had one on her paw and they're like, oh, well in order to remove all the cancer cells, you'd have to take like her whole paw pad. And I was like, fuck you will. Yeah. Or like there's been some on her ears and like, oh, we'd have to take her whole ear. Or we'd have to take like her whole, like it's now getting to the point where it's like full on body parts. Aww. And we're just not, with her being eight, you know, like we're just not comfortable with that. And so we've been doing like more holistic routes, like utilizing mushrooms. Um, nice. And I've been working, actually got certified as a dog nutritionist so that I can like manage her nutrition on a therapeutic type yeah. of thing. And um, I've only been doing it for about like a month and a half now. And it's interesting because like some of her tumors that were of concern, like super open and like irritating her, those ones got better, but then she had like new ones pop up. So I'm just like, I can't tell if what I'm doing is working. Well, it could be that you're like letting it get out you know yeah. like the tumors are coming out because the food is helping and it's uh, letting it release mm -hmm. yeah it's possible I don't know but she's yeah I mean every pit bull that I've known has always had like some type of skin problem and yeah. little babies it's so sad it is sad I shouldn't be able to be sick or injured or like in the midst like she had a tumor surgery a few years ago and then like a few months after she freaking tore her ACL 
It's not one thing, it's and another. And we mm -hmm. had to do like the most invasive surgery to fix it where they literally like broke her leg and shifted it into a different position. And like she has, so in her leg she's got, I think like six screws and a plate. Mm -hmm. And that was an 18 week recovery where she wasn't allowed to be a dog for 18 weeks. Yeah. Like she literally just had to lay down. And then like during that time we lost Wiley and she was just, I, she was so depressed. Yeah. I was like, I have a depressed dog. Like she lost her friend. She's not allowed to move. Yeah. She doesn't understand what's going on. She right. just like literally would just curl up in a ball in bed and just stay in bed all day. And I'd just be like, no, it's not like you can explain what's going on. Yeah. No. Like I would I actually had someone tell me one time who is a very like spiritual person that dogs can understand our thoughts and our feelings. So if you like communicate with your dog in your head, they can't interpret it. So like I'll, come here, I'm gonna use you as Harley. Okay. I'll like grab Harley's head and I'll just be like, and I'll just tell her like what I'm thinking and stuff. And so, you know, she, yeah, I'll just like, do you understand how much I love you? Like, do yeah. you understand what's going on? Yeah, I don't know if it helps or not, but. I think they definitely know. Cause there's like, they'll like give you hugs and stuff. Yes. Like they express their love in a certain way. And I feel like we know when they love us. So mm -hmm. like they have to know that we love them. They too. have to. My yeah. uh, dad's dog, when my dad passed, my his dog passed six months later, Aww. you know, and it's like, he wasn't even in bad health, but right when my dad died, it was like his health just rapidly, rapidly went down. Yeah. And it's like, it was very clear that like, he had a very strong connection with him. And when, when my dad was passing, he was um, downstairs and the dog would never go downstairs. Like he didn't, I don't think he wanted to see him like that. You yeah. Know? And I think he wanted, he knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're smart. Yeah. yeah, they really are. Yeah, that's why they have like service dogs that can detect like when people are gonna have seizures or when people are like sick. Like blood pressure is too low. That to me is crazy. crazy. Yeah. 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 Just sniff it out. Mm -hmm. Hugs are amazing. We don't deserve that. Thank you for coming on today. Yes. It was amazing and we had a really good conversation and we appreciate your presence with us. Yeah, thank you for bringing these awesome mugs, which is now yes. my all-time favorite coffee mug. Mm -hmm. And for bringing Malcolm and giving Carly a boyfriend. Right? They'll have to hang out sometime. Maybe we can do a little play date. Yeah, thank you. So if they like each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems like she's okay with him. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes. And if you want to connect with Sarah, she's at Sarah Gunther on Instagram is her personal. And then her business is Peanut Pottery LLC. Yes. And go order something, go into her shop, and she is going to be having classes and stuff soon. So and we'll, make, that. we'll make sure that her Instagram is tagged in the, the podcast description. Yes. And yeah, that's our outro music. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.